Hello and welcome back to Major League Talk Giants edition. Today is Friday, April 7th, 2023. My name is Henry Self and this is episode three. Today we're going to be reviewing the series against the Chicago White Sox. So let's get into it. This is our second series of the year. We were in the south side of Chicago playing the White Sox for a three-game set. We won the series two to one and holy shit, was it an up and down series. The Giants are truly living and dying by the long ball in this series, hitting combined 13 home runs through the three-game set. In game one, the Giants won 12 to three, hitting seven home runs. In game two, the offense cooled way off, and the Gigantes lost seven to three. The solo home run came off of J.D. Davis in the second inning, and then two runs scored on an, in the ninth off of a Jack Peterson two-out, two-RBI double to technically avoid the blowout. And in the final game, the Giants offense found their stride again, and they won the game 16-6, to hitting another five home runs. Eventually, we just sent position player Beattie out in the ninth to get the final three outs, but he also gave up three runs. The starting pitchers for each game were Scalfani versus Kopech, Webb versus Cease, Wood versus Lynn. Our top performers for the Giants were Davis and VR, who each hit a grand slam in one of the games. So let's go ahead and break it down. Game one, our starter on the mound was Scalfani. He went six innings, giving up only three hits, striking out four, and giving up no runs and no walks. For the lineup, you had Wade Jr., Conforto, Estrada, Peterson, Yastrzemski, VR, Crawford, Sable, and Perez. Wade Jr. went two for six with two strikeouts. Conforto went two for six with three strikeouts, but he also scored a home run. Estrada went two for four with a strikeout, a walk, uh, a home run, and two runs. And eventually Davis would come in for a pinch run for him. And when Davis would get his chance to hit, he went 0 for 1 with uh, a run because he was pinch running for Estrada. And then Peterson went one for three with a home run. And Flores, who had pinch hit, went one for one uh, with a run. And then Yastrzemski came in. He went two for three, uh, drew two walks, uh, scored three runs, hit a home run, and got two, two RBIs. VR went two for four with a strikeout, a walk, a home run, five RBIs, scoring two runs himself. Crawford went 0 for 4, drew a walk, but he didn't score any runs. Luckily, didn't strike out. Sable went 0 for 3 with a strikeout, a walk. <clears throat> uh, Johnson come in and hit for him, went 1 for 1, and hit his first home run in the big leagues. And then Perez went 1 for 4 with a strikeout and a walk uh, and an RBI. Our relievers and closers were as follows. We had Manaya, who ended up going two innings, giving up two hits, two walks, three runs, all of them earned, and one home run while striking out one. Uh, Tyler Rogers came in to close the game, pitching for an inning, giving up no hits, runs, or walks, getting all three outs via defense. So pretty much for this first game, uh, let's go ahead and look into it a little bit more. So for two out RBIs, Perez, Yaz, and VR each got a Two out RBI. We left nine on base overall. Uh, we went three for six for the runners in scoring position. Estrada managed to steal a base in the second inning. We turned one double play. Estrada to Crawford to Wade Jr. Um, first pitch strikes versus batters faced. Uh, this is one of the stats that I kind of feel is cool to think about in practice, but unless you get that strike three and get the batter out, you know, how much, how much does it really end up mattering at 
the end of the game. Like, sure, you get ahead of the count right off the bat, but unless you get that third strike or unless, you know, you manage to get him to screw up on a swing and it grounds out or a pop fly in the infield, it's just something that's fun to look at. Uh, so Dave Sclafani went uh, 10 first pitch strikes and he faced 20 batters. Manaya five first pitch strikes for 10 batters. Tyler Rogers, three for three. Uh, and then called strikes versus swinging strikes. Desclafani got 10 called with 12 swinging. Uh, Manaya got two called with two swinging. Tyler Rogers, one called, one swinging. And Desclafani ended up pitching and getting nine foul balls hit on him. Manaya had 10 foul balls hit, and Tyler Rogers had two. Um, they all did a pretty good job of keeping it on the ground, too, in the first game. Desclafani got nine ground balls, Manaya got four, Tyler Rogers got two, and then for fly balls, Desclafani only got four, Manaya got one, Tyler Rogers got one. Now let's compare that to our batters. Uh, collectively, the lineup got 19 first pitch strikes, 23 called strikes, 20 swinging strikes, 35 fouls, got 10 ground balls and seven in the air. Uh, also some full counts to really think about. Um, I like to see how much our batters are fighting and how much our pitchers are really having to throw for our batters for uh, full counts. Peterson uh, got to a full count and ended up hitting a home run off that in the top of the second. Conforto worked to a full count and ended up getting a looking strike, uh, looking strikeout and nine pitches in the top of the third. Estrada drew a walk off of 11 pitches going a full count off of Ruiz in the top of the ninth. And then Yaz also drew a walk off a full count in the top of the ninth. So some pretty decent fighting from the batters there. Um, like I said, we ended up winning this game 12 to three. Uh, we got four hits to their five hits, no errors by either team. And collectively our batters struck out nine times and drew eight walks and our pitchers struck out five and gave up only two walks. Um, and for full counts for pitchers, Dave Scalfani got worked to a full count twice, uh, in the bottom of the second Jimenez grounded out after getting to a full count and in the bottom of the third, Andrews, uh, ended up striking out swinging. And then Manaya also got worked to, uh, two full counts. These were his two walks, uh, both in the bottom of the seventh Benintendi and Jimenez worked to full counts and then drew walks. So Manaya did have some struggles there like i said he uh he gave up two hits two walks and three runs one of those runs was off a home run so not the best outing that we really wanted to have for him but at least we did have a lot of offense to back it up um so you know we uh we ended up scoring another five runs in the top of the ninth anyway uh as far as Three pitch strikeouts and four pitch walks. I like to look at this to see how efficient either our pitchers are with their strikeouts or how good our batters are at drawing walks. Um, for the batters, we had two four pitch walks. Uh, Sable got a four pitch walk off Kopech in the top of the second. Hmm. Excuse me. And Perez drew a four pitch walk in the top of the sixth off of Diekman. And then for pitchers, uh, Robert Jr. struck out on three uh, pitches on a looking strike. And that was De Sclafani through a sinker. If you're looking at the plate, that'd be the top left-hand corner. I'm sorry, I should have looked up uh, 
the side of the plate Robert Jr. hits from. I completely spaced out on that, but that's okay. Like I said, this is a learning experience for me. All right, so let's look at some of these home runs that our batters got. So in the top of the second, Peterson uh, hit a home run with no outs, 3-2 count, forcing fastball at 96. Um, kind of middle, almost middle-middle, but not quite. It was more away from Jock. And then in the top of the fifth, Conforto uh, hit a home run on an 0-2 count with one out. Again, a four-seam fastball at 93. This one was more middle top uh, to Conforto. Estrada hit a one-out, 1-0 count home run on a slider at 81, kind of down and into him. And again, all of these were in the strike zone. None of these were – they weren't reaching for these. These were over the plate, just in different areas of the strike zone. Yaz had a two-out, 0-1 count uh, home run on a curveball at 80, also kind of down out. And then VR had a two-out, 2-2 count uh, home run on a four-seam fastball at 95. This one was a little up and in on him. Uh, and the interesting thing about these uh, home runs in the top of the fifth, Conforto and Estrada went back-to-back, then there was an out, and then Yaz and VR went back-to-back. So that was really cool to see. And that kind of kicked Kopech out of the game. Ruiz would come in and start pitching, or not Ruiz, but Kopech would get kicked out of the game at that point. Uh, later on, in the top of the ninth, Ruiz would give up a no-out, 2-0 count home run to VR on a four-seam fastball just right down the middle. And then also Johnson on a one-out, 1-0 count, uh, four-seam fastball, 94, uh, kind of up and in or excuse me, up and out for Johnson. Uh, and then Manaya gave up a home run to Robert Jr. on an 0-1 count with two outs. It was a 92-mile-an-hour sinker down in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, so overall, this game was, honestly, I didn't get to watch it. It was really fun to listen to, though, really fun to go and review. Uh, and just seeing that we hit seven home runs, we had four in one inning, back-to-back twice, a lot of fun to see the Giants really come alive, especially after what we went through in New York. Um, so honestly, just just one of those good games to, to get everybody out of a funk, right? Uh, so let's take another look at some of our pitchers, right? So Dave Sclafani ended up throwing 73 pitches in this game. And he threw 30 sliders. That was his go-to pitch, really. 30 sliders, 24 sinkers. 11 change-ups, and then six four-seamers and tossed in two knuckle curves. Uh, as far as the speed of a lot of these, you had your sinkers and your four-seams hanging up between 90 and 95, and then your sliders and change-ups for them hanging up between 85 and 90. Uh, and change-ups averaged 87, four-seams averaged 92 and a half, sinkers also 92 and a half, and sliders 87 and a half uh and honestly one of the things i'm looking at to get a lot of this information is uh baseball savant's got this really cool pitcher report that you can look at that gives you these really really nice uh graphics uh it also shows you the release point and pretty much all of his pitches came at right around the same release point over four feet um Relative to the strike zone, he was kind of a lot in the strike zone, but then the ones that were out kind of went out a little bit and then would come in, down, up, and back up in. 
uh, he ended up throwing 30 pitches in the strike zone and 43 outside of the strike zone. Um, batters would swing at 36 of his pitches, and quite a few of those were outside of the strike zone. Uh, so 37 pitches were taken, 36 were swung at. And looking at the breakdown, it looks like the majority of the takes were between the changeup and the slider and the swings. Obviously, you had four of the fastballs in there and then sinkers and sliders made up the bulk of that. Looks like they swung on both of those knuckle curves and just a couple of the changeups. You got 26 balls, 22 strikes, 10 called, 12 swinging. And 25 uh, pitches were contacted with. You got nine fouls, 13 hitouts, and three base hits. And honestly, not a lot were hit hard. Uh, of those 16 that had contact, only six were hard hits. And three of those were ground balls, and three of those were line drives. And it looks like the two two of the three ground balls were sliders. One was a sinker. And for the line drives, two of them were sinkers, and one of them was a fastball. Uh, everything else was not really hit that hard. So overall, a good day for Dave Sclafani. Uh, you know, he didn't end up with a lot of strikeouts, but as long as their defense can work behind him, that's, that's going to be a good day for anybody. And like I said, only gave up the three hits anyway, so... If you're only getting four strikeouts and only giving up three hits, that means your defense is doing a good job behind you. So let's take a look at the next pitcher up after him. That was Manaya, who ended up throwing 37 pitches in relief. And that was 15 changeups, 14 sinkers, and eight sliders. And the sinker hangs out at around, excuse me, his changeup goes uh, hangs out around 86. The sinker, 95 and a half. And his slider, 84, almost 85, really. Uh, and then his release point is also very similar, just on the opposite side, of course. Um, well over four feet. Now, as far as the strike zone, he's kind of all over the place. He was having a hard time really finding that zone. Uh, if you could see the spray chart, you would really be able to see uh, as far as how many he got in the zone, he got 18 in the zone and he got 19 out of the zone. So 50-50, but when you look at the ones out of the zone, they're either really high and up and uh, in on a right-handed pitcher, or excuse me, right-handed batter and down and away from a right-handed batter. Uh, so it's not like he was very precise with his uh, pitches outside of the zone. Batter swung at 18 of his pitches, and they took 19. Um, kind of an almost even spread as far as which ones were taken and which ones were swung at between the changeup, sinker, and slider. There wasn't much of a, a pattern there with what the batters were really trying to swing at or avoid. But And then as far as the strikes and balls, he got 16 balls. He threw 16 balls. He got two called strikes two swinging strikes, uh, and then 10 foul balls, four hit outs, and then, like I said, give it the three hits. Um, uh, only one was hit hard, though, and that was a sinker fly ball. Uh, everything else was he got six non-hard hits. Uh, five of them were ground balls, 
and then one not hit, not hard fly ball that was a sinker. So not great, not awful either. Looking for him to make the proper adjustments and to have a better outing. I believe he'll have an outing against the Kansas City Royals in our first home series of the of the season. Uh, so next, like I said, Tyler Rogers came in to finish up the game. He only threw eight pitches. So three four-seam fastballs and five sliders. Uh, and he's not a very hard thrower. His his pitches uh, tend to be pretty slow comparatively. His four-seamer is only at around 82, and his slider's only at about 73. So, but you know, Tyler Rogers, he's that submariner pitcher. He's got he's the funky man. You know, he gets down there low, his knuckles almost drag the ground. Um, so just that awkward pitching position uh really affects that. Uh as far as the strike zone. Really, almost everything, if it wasn't dead in it, kind of clipped. There was only one that uh, on a right-handed batter would be way up and in. Uh, he threw only one pitch out of the strike zone, and that's that one that's all the way up and in. Uh, seven were in the strike zone. Um, neither would have been called strikes uh, if they hadn't been put in play. And honestly... Batters swung at six of his pitches out of eight, so only took two, and one of them was quite obviously that one way out of the zone. Um, and then he only got one ball, and once again, just that one way, way too high and in on a right-hander. Uh, two strikes, one called, one swinging. Contact, he got two foul balls and three hit outs. So pretty efficient outing. Eight pitches to get three outs. Can't really hate on that. Um, he got two hard hits, and they were both ground balls, one on a four-seamer, one on a slider. So good outing by uh, Dave Scafani, good outing by Tyler Rogers. Hopefully, Manaya can make adjustments to not give up uh, any runs on relief. And then as far as our... Uh, or ump behind the home plate. This man's name was James Hoy, H-O-Y-E. And his accuracy was rated at a 97% overall. Uh, his relative accuracy plus 3.2% above expected. Overall favor, oddly enough, plus 0.73 runs for the White Sox. Uh, kind of keeping up, it seems, almost with the pattern established in the first series. Overall consistency, 96%. Uh, it says he called 155 of 160 taking pitches correctly. Uh, six called balls inside the zone, expected zone, and then one called strike outside the expected zone. Estimated ump zone, excuse me. And his impactful missed calls. Top of the third, Kopech to Conforto, no outs, bases empty on a 3-2 count. A ball was called a strike. And then top of the fourth, Kopech disable. One out, base is empty. 2-2 two, two count, ball is called a strike. And bottom of the first, Dave Sclafani to Robert Jr. Robert Jr., however you said, I've heard it both ways. One out, base is empty. 0-2 oh, count, ball is called a strike. So 
all of these uh, impactful missed calls were outside the zone called strikes. Uh, his called ball accuracy was 98%. He called two out of 124, uh, two out of 124 called balls were true strikes, excuse me. And then his called strike accuracy, 92%. Uh, three of 36 called strikes were true balls. So Ump did pretty well. Uh, and even though it says he was technically a little more fair to the White Sox, I mean, when you win 12 to three, do you really care how much the ump was leaning? I don't. Maybe somebody does. I don't. But so that was game one. Uh, and once you see game one like that, you kind of think, oh, well, maybe we're going to keep up the momentum. And then we didn't. OK, so game two, like I said, we dropped it seven to three. And. It would have been seven to one, like I said, if it had not been for a Jock Peterson two RBI double. So for game two, our starter on the mound was our ace, Logan Webb, who basically just had a bad outing, had a rough outing. Uh, he went five innings, gave up nine hits, four runs, all earned, uh, while only getting four strikeouts uh, and issuing no walks. And honestly, when you think about how he got 12 strikeouts, it's 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 kind of rough to look at. I mean, he himself admitted he just had a bad game. And maybe uh, the shenanigans with Tim Anderson kind of rubbed him the wrong way and, and, and it had maybe a slight psychological effect. I really can't speak to that. But, you know, you look for anything as far as what really happened. Uh, our lineup, we had Wade Jr., Conforto, VR, Peterson, Yaz, Davis, Crawford, Sable, and then Perez. Uh, Wade Jr. drew three walks. He went 0 for 0. <laughs> so his on-base percentage jumped a lot. Uh, Flores would end up coming in later, who went 1 for 2, uh, scoring a run. And then Conforto would go 0 for 3 with two strikeouts, uh, drawing two walks and scoring a run. VR also went 0 for 3, uh, three strikeouts, drawing two walks. Peterson went 1 for 5 with three strikeouts but got the two RBIs. Yastrzemski went 0 for 5 with two strikeouts. Uh, Davis went 1 for 4 with one strikeout, but he did hit a home run, so he got the RBI. Uh, Crawford went 0 for 3, uh, drew one walk, and also got a strikeout. Sable went 0 for 2 uh, with a strikeout. Johnson come in and hit for him later. Johnson went 1 for 2, and then Perez went 0 for 3, drawing one walk. So this was another heavy strikeout day. Uh, we got uh, the batters collectively got 13 strikeouts. Uh, they drew uh, nine walks. Our pitchers would only get seven strikeouts collectively and only issue one walk, though. So there was only the one freebie there. Um, both teams earned an error. So the final scoreline was Giants had three runs on four hits and one error. And the Chicago White Sox had seven runs on 13 hits in one error. Uh, so our relievers and closers, Jelly would come in and he would go 1.2 innings, giving up four hits and three unearned runs, issued one walk and only struck out two. Alexander would have to come in for that last out in the seventh, striking out the battery face in five pitches on a 2-2 uh, count. And finally, Tyler Rogers would come in again. Uh, he came in in the eighth, facing only three batters, getting all three outs via the defense. So 
Tyler Rogers again. Um, no strikeouts, but defense played well behind him. Uh, as far as digging a little bit deeper, like I said, Peterson got the only two out RBI in that game. We left 11 total runners on base and only went one for 10 with runners in scoring position. Uh, we turned only one double play. The one error was on Crawford. Uh, first pitch strikes compared to batters. Webb uh, went 11 for 22. Jelly, eight first pitch strikes for 11 batters. So pretty efficient there to get ahead in the count. Uh, Alexander... Uh, only faced one batter. He did not get a first pitch strike. And then Tyler Rogers would get one first pitch strike versus the three batters he faced. Uh, called strikes versus swinging strikes. Webb got 16 called versus eight swinging. Jelly got seven versus eight. Alexander got one called versus two swinging. And Tyler Rogers get three called versus one swinging. Uh, Webb would have 13 foul balls hit off of him. Jelly would have 12. Alexander had none. And then Tyler Rogers would only have one. Again, we did a pretty good job trying to keep it on the ground. Uh, Webb got six ground balls to three flies. Jelly got three to one fly. And then Tyler Rogers got one to two flies. Our batters collectively would uh, get 22 first pitch strikes against them, 28 called strikes against them, and then they swung and missed 26 times, 23 fouls, four ground balls, and 11 fly balls. Uh, so... Like I said, this was another heavy strikeout day. Um, and But honestly, we did work the pitchers over. And this was another game where we would go up against an ace. I mean, we faced Derek Cole again in New York, and he was a strikeout leader. And now we're facing Dylan Cease in this second game in Chicago. And Dylan Cease is not a pitcher to be laughed at. He is really good. His stuff is good when he's on. And apparently he was dealing with cold symptoms in this game. Um, so, but we did manage to work him over. We, uh, actually got to four full counts against him. Wade Jr. would draw a walk after going eight pitches against Cease. Conforto would also draw a walk after going eight pitches. Wade was in the top of the first, Conforto in the top of the third. VR would end up striking out swinging after getting to a full count in the top of the third. Conforto would end up striking out swinging after going to a full count in the top of the fifth. Then after that, uh, Deekman would come on. Crawford would swi uh, strike out looking after drawing a full count. Uh, then Bummer would come on. Peterson would strike out swinging after getting to a full count. And then Crawford would draw a walk after going a full count in the eighth. Johnson would fly out in the top of the eighth after getting a full count. And then VR would strike out swinging in the top of the ninth after working to a full count. So... In total, that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine full counts that we would end up working their pitchers to. So even though we didn't get a lot of the results we were looking for, uh, we got one, two, three, four, five strikeouts, one flyout, and only three walks out of those full counts. We at least were getting the pitchers worked. We were making sure that they weren't having an easy day on the mound necessarily. Uh, so I'd rather see the fighting um, – Definitely see the fighting at bats instead of just taking three pitches and striking out. Uh, so that was nice to see. And we, our pitchers only got worked to a full count twice, and that was Jelly. Uh, once giving up a walk in the bottom of the sixth and then in the bottom of the seventh giving up a single. So our pitchers were definitely having a more efficient time while maybe not getting the best results. Uh, three pitch strikeouts 
we did have one for a batter that was VR in the top of the first. Uh, and then four pitch walks. Uh, Wade Jr. would draw one in the top of the third. Wade Jr. again in the top of the fifth. And then Perez in the top of the seventh. Uh, and then our pitchers, we only had one three pitch strikeout. And that was Webb in the bottom of the first on Moncada. So, like I said, he just had a rough day and only getting that one three pitch strikeout. Uh, and he only really got the four strikeouts. So, uh, home run, like I said, Davis was the only one. Uh, that was the top of the second off of Cease. It's a slider uh, at 86. There was one out, and it was a little up and out, still in the strike zone, but just kind of up and a little out on JD. And we didn't give up any home runs, so at least there was that. Uh, really... Logan Webb was just getting peppered for singles and doubles. I think he only gave up two doubles and um, two two doubles and like seven singles, I believe. Uh, going by his stat line, he gave up nine hits, gave up four earned runs. He pitched 81 pitches, got 55 strikes. Uh, and yeah, the two doubles were to Robert Jr., Robert Jr. and Vaughn uh, in the second and the fourth. Uh, and honestly, you know, Webb, he gave it the two runs in the first inning, and then he put up three shutdown innings. Uh, and then again in the fifth, just got peppered again for two more runs. And then, excuse me, they would score another three runs in the seventh. So let's look at uh, Webb's pitch, pitch report here. I guess I threw 81 pitches. Uh, threw 30 change-ups and 28 sinkers, so those were the top two. He would throw 18 sliders and only throw about five four-seam fastballs. And, you know, a lot of these speeds kind of stayed about where you would think. His change-up was 86, his four-seam fastball was 91 and a half, uh, and his sinker was right around the same, and the slider was 84. All the release points came from right around the same area, over four feet. And looking at his strike zone, um, it's definitely got this shape where it kind of goes down and in toward a right-handed batter. Uh, he ended up throwing 38 pitches in the zone, and he would throw 43 out of the strike zone. And batters would swing at 39 of his pitches. So they took 42. And if you look at the distribution of what those 42 were, it looks like his sinker was taken most of the time, followed by a slider and then his changeup. And then as far as swinging, they swung at mainly his changeup, a few of his sinkers and a couple sliders and two of his fastballs, four seamers. Uh, he threw 26 balls and 24 strikes, 16 of them called, eight of them swinging, and 31 of his pitches were contacted with 13 were foul hits, nine were base hits, and nine were outs. And of the base hits, uh, three of them were change-ups, four of them were sinkers, one slider, and one four-seam fastball. So, and not a lot were really hit hard. 11 were hit softly seven were hard hits of the seven hard hits 
Uh, two of them were line drives, and those were on changeups. And then the other five were ground balls. Uh, one of those was, this, or excuse me, three of those were a sinker, and two of those were changeups. So of the hard hits, four changeups, three sinkers. Uh, you got nine ground balls, six line drives, three flies, no popouts. So hopefully he has a turnaround here before his next start. I mean, he had 12 strikeouts in the first outing, but gave up the four runs. Two of those were home runs, one to judge. So you kind of give a little leeway there. And then in this one, just singles and doubled to death. Um, and you, you just hope that he does whatever he, he has to do to make the adjustments. Because I heard one theory that maybe because, you know, scouts have seen him now for a few years and people just know what he's going to throw. They know what to expect. They've already seen some of the different variations they can have. Maybe he just has to make an adjustment here or there as far as how he delivers or how he chooses which pitches to go to and how he mixes it up. But whatever he has to do, we hope that he can do it because he is our ace, and I feel like he's going to be fine throughout the year. This is only two starts in. He's a professional. He'll do what he has to do, uh, and we'll see what happens in his next outing. Um Let's move on to the next pitcher of this game, which was Jelly. Now, Jelly, you know, if, if you're a good Giants fan, you've probably already heard that Jelly put on like 15 pounds of muscle. He's a tall guy, though, so you really can't tell when you're, what, 6'11"? Anyway, he threw 53 pitches, and his pitch mix was 28 sinkers and 22 knuckle curves, and then he only threw three change-ups. Uh, and then, you know, you look at the changeup, it's about 90 miles an hour. Look at the knuckle curve. It's about 85 and a half and his sinker is about 94. Um, they all kind of came from the same release point and his release points over six feet. Good Lord. You're too tall. Now, as far as his strike zone, most of what missed the zone were his knuckle curves. Uh, a couple of the change-ups missed, uh, not as, yeah. The sinkers missed high. The knuckle curves obviously would miss low. And if you're a right-handed batter, it was into you. Uh, a couple of change-ups would miss low and out if you're a right-handed batter. Uh, he threw 30 of his pitches in the zone and 23 out of the zone. And batters would swing at 28 of his pitches. Now, as far as what they took and what they pit, uh, swung at, they took all of his changeups. They did not swing at a single changeup, uh, but then the knuckle curves and sinkers were kind of more evenly distributed there between which ones they would take and which ones they would swing at. I uh, threw 18 overall balls, uh, 15 strikes, seven of them called, eight swinging, and then 20 of his pitches were contacted with 12 for fouls, three for hitouts, and then five for base hits. Now those five base hits, Four were knuckle curves, and one was a sinker. Of the outs, two were sinkers, and one was a knuckle curve. All of his change-ups were balls. And then he had five hard-hit balls. Um, three were ground balls. One 
or two line drives as far as the hard hits. And of those five hard hits, only one was a sinker. The other four were knuckle curves. And then his not hard hit balls were also all three ground balls and two were sinkers. One was knuckle curve. So he's got a little, and he's admitted it uh, before too, especially after the Yankees uh, outing that he had where it was just, really rough he, he needs to get a little bit better with his control um but luckily in this one he didn't give up uh any earned runs two strikeouts four hits so and then coming in scott alexander we get that final out in five pitches uh he only threw one type of pitch that was his sinker at almost 92 miles an hour uh three hit the zone two are out of the zone and the, uh, he would have three pitches taken, two swinging. And like I said, that's how he got that one called strike, two swinging strikes, and the two balls. So Scott Alexander only coming in for one, one out, so I can't really talk too much about him. And then Tyler Rogers, funky man again, coming in for 12 pitches. Uh, and the distribution this time, six four-seamers and six sliders. Like I said, because of his his funkiness, uh, his four-seamer hovers between 80 and 85. Uh, they have it listed here as an average of 82.2, and his slider is 73. Um, relatively same release point. <laughs> oh, boy, at this distribution. Let's see. He threw five pitches in the zone, seven of them out of the strike zone. Uh, batters would swing at five of his pitches. So they took seven, and of those seven, five of them were forcing fastballs, two of them were sliders. And the ones that they swung at, one was a four seamer, and four were sliders. Through four balls, four strikes, and four pitches were contacted with, uh, Three called strikes, one swing and, uh, swing and strike. All three called strikes are four seamers, and the one swinging strike was a slider. And then the one foul tip was a slider, and the three hit outs were two sliders and a fastball. So none were hit hard, kind of higher. He's got one of the best rates as far as not getting hard hits. Uh, kind of hard to do when you get that weird submariner delivery anyway. Um. And then let's move on to our ump behind the plate guy named DJ Rayburn. Uh, his overall accuracy was a 94%. Um, and he was 93% overall consistent. His run favor <laughs> overall was plus 1.52 runs for the Giants. So again, this is this is keeping in line with what we've kind of seen in the first series where the game we lost games we lost they were more favoring us and the games we won they are more favoring the other team uh he called 177 of 188 taken pitches correctly and nine called balls inside the expect estimated ump zone and four called strikes outside of that estimated zone um impactful missed calls top of the seventh bummer to conforto one out runners on first and third oh two count strike is called a ball 
and looking at kind of where they have this one, it does it. The ball is like right on that line. The line is like cutting that ball right in half on the bottom part of the uh, strike zone. And then the second one, top of the ninth, Kelly to Conforto, one out, runner on second, three one count, strike is called a ball. This one just clips the top of the zone. So uh, both of those two impactful missed calls favored to Conforto. And then the third one, bottom of the third, Webb to Robert Jr. One out, base is empty, a one-two count, and a ball is called a strike. And where this ball is, uh, where they have it mapped down on here, it's definitely way out. Um, and, you know, this is something that's kind of been consistent with a couple of, with Webb's two starts now. You look at some of the strikes he's gotten called for him, and they've either been right on that outside part of the plate to a right-handed batter or some were... Even I was thinking, all right, that might not have been a strike, but I'll take it anyway because it's favoring us. But, you know, it's always going to kind of suck when you're in the box and, and you see that and you can't argue balls and strikes. Otherwise, you're going to get kicked out of the game. Uh, and then as far as called ball accuracy, he was at 95%. Six of 133 called balls were true strikes. And his called strike accuracy, 91%. Five of 55 called strikes were true balls. So that was the ump report. Now let's move on to our final game of the series. And honestly, it was the funnest one, especially coming off of a loss where our, our ace just looked like he didn't have it. And he was just having a hard time out there. We would end up winning game three and taking the series we won game three, 16 to six. And honestly, I don't even want to count the last three runs that they scored in the bottom of the ninth because we sent Beatty out there. Should have been 16 to three still. But I understand sending out a, uh, a position player sometimes. <laughs> but like I said, 16 to six, we got 16 runs on 20 hits and we had two errors. The White Sox would get six runs on 11 hits and no errors. Uh, collectively, our batters got nine strikeouts and drew five walks. Our pitchers would get 10 strikeouts and only give up five walks. So, looking at game three, our starter on the mound was Wood, who would go three innings, giving up six hits and three runs, only one of which was earned, uh, an issue, two walks, and he would strike out only three. Um, our lineup for the game, we had Wade Jr. again leading off, Flores followed by Peterson, and then VR, Conforto, Davis, Yastrzemski, Estrada, and Sable. Wade Jr. would end up going one for one with a strikeout and a walk, uh, and he would score a run. Then Johnson would come in later for him, and he'd go 0 for 2 with a strikeout. Flores would go 2 for 5 with uh, drawing a walk, scoring two runs, and hitting a home run and earning two RBIs. Peterson would go one for four uh, with two strikeouts, a walk, and two RBIs. And then Beatty would come in and go one for one. Uh, VR would go two for five, uh, one strikeout. He got one hit by pitch, and he would score three runs. Conforto went three for four with one strikeout, drew two walks, hit a home run, earned three RBIs, and scored three times. And then Davis would go three for six with one strikeout, one home run, earning five RBIs and scoring twice. 
Yastrzemski would go one for six with a home run, two RBIs, uh, scoring the one time. Estrada would go three for six, uh, getting one strikeout, uh, scoring once, and earning an RBI. And Sable would also go three for six, getting one strikeout, uh, scoring twice, hitting a home run, and earning that RBI. So we had three of our guys in the lineup go three for six. And then, you know, Conforto going three for four. I feel good for him. Uh, he really needed to get that done because he was just struggling to start the first five games. So good to see him get those hits, get that home run. Our relievers and closers for this game, Junis would come in and he did well going four innings, giving up only two hits, issuing two walks and striking out four. He earned no runs for himself, but one of the hits given up did score a runner which Wood was responsible for, and that was where Wood got his one earned run. Uh, so Brebby would uh, follow up pitching for an inning and striking out two, giving up no hits and issuing no walks. For the final inning, the Giants, like I said, sent out Beatty, who allowed three hits, three runs, and he issued one walk. He did actually strike out one guy on a swing and strike, and I got to tell you, swing and strike three, you could hear... The White Sox dugout groaned as he swung at that pitch. It was bad. Anyway, so let's take a deeper look at this. For uh, two out RBIs, Peterson, Conforto, and Sable would each earn a two out RBI. We left 11 on base. We went five for 14 with runners in scoring position. We had two errors, Estrada fielding and Sable throwing. Sable tried to throw out the runner on first. It was just a bad throw. Um First pitch strikes to batters faced. Wood would throw nine first pitch strikes versus the 18 batters he faced. Junis would throw 11 first pitch strikes versus the 16 batters he faced. Brebia would throw two first pitch strikes versus the three batters he faced. And Beatty, surprisingly enough, would throw five first pitch strikes versus the seven batters he faced. Uh, called strikes versus swinging strikes. Wood got 10 called versus seven swinging. Junis got 13 called versus nine swinging. Uh, Brebbia got three called for him versus four swinging. Beatty got four called for him and the one swinging. Wood uh, would have 10 of his pitches fouled off. Junis had 12 of his fouled off. Brebbia will only have the one fouled off, and Beatty had three of his fouled off. Again, this was another day. We have ground ball pitchers. As long as we can continue to convert those in the outs, that'll be good for us. Uh, Wood got four ground balls to three flies. Junis got five to three flies. Brebbia only gave up the one fly ball, and Beatty got one ground ball to one fly. Our batters, 33 first pitch strikes, and they took 33 called strikes and swung and missed 17 times. They would hit in 29 foul balls, hit five on the ground, and 13 fly balls. Uh, full counts, this one was not as heavy as the last game, as far as the batters, we did work to five full counts. Um, a little bit more productive this time. We uh, Flores would draw a walk off of eight pitches in the top of the first. VR would uh, hit a double uh, on eight pitches in the top of the first. Peterson struck out swinging in the top of the third after working a full count, but then he'd end up hitting a two RBI single in the top of the fourth after working to a full count. Conforto would strike out looking after working to a full count at the top of the fifth. Uh, our pitchers were worked to full counts also five times. Um, 
Berger worked Wood to a full count twice, hit a double in the bottom of the first, and then flew out in the bottom of the third. Junis would be worked to a full count by Benintendi, and then he would strike out looking in the bottom of the fifth, and then Gonzalez would ground out in the bottom of the fifth after working Junis to a full count. Brevia was worked to a full count once by Anderson, and he would line out in the bottom of the eighth. Uh, as far as three-pitch strikes, um, our batters did get to uh, three-pitch strikes five times. Davis would strike out, strike out swinging. VR would strike out swinging. Estrada struck out swinging. Peterson struck out swinging. And Sable struck out looking on these three-pitch strikeouts. Um and then Peterson and Conforto both drew four pitch walks. Peterson on the top of the six, Conforto on the top of the ninth. None of our pitchers got a three pitch strike this time. Uh, Wood would end up issuing both of his walks on uh, four pitch walks. Once to Vaughn in the bottom of the first, and once to Andrews in the bottom of the second. Uh, and then our pitchers gave up no home runs, which is nice to see. Uh, and we hit five. So seven in the first game, five in this game, and one in the middle game that we lost. Conforto, his home run in the top of the first was two outs, two on. So a three-run home run on a one-two count cutter that came kind of down and in on him. It was still in the strike zone. Sable would hit a two-out, no-on home run on an 0-1 count in the top of the second. Four-seam fastball looks like it was about right down the middle. Yaz, one-out, one-on, so a two-run home run for him in the top of the fifth on a 1-1 count. Four-seam fastball at 90 miles an hour also looks like it was right down the middle to Yaz. Flores, a no-out, one-on, so a two-run home run on a 1-2 count in the top of the sixth. Four-seam fastball, 95, also right down the middle. And then Davis, uh, in the top of the ninth, he hit this one off a position player. One out, three on, so a grand slam home run, fastball. They clocked it as a fastball. It was 60 miles an hour. So we kind of hit for the home run cycle. You had Sable with a solo, uh, Yaz and Flores, each with two-run home runs, Conforto with a three-run home run, and Davis with a grand slam. So it was just a fun day. Uh, and like I said, our pitchers would end up giving up uh, no home runs. So overall, like I said, six runs given up on 11 hits, uh, and we scored 16 on 20. Um, so let's take a look at our pitch reports. So Alex Wood ended up throwing 71 pitches, and his pitch mix was 34 sinkers, 25 sliders, and he would throw a change up every now and then through two, uh, 12 of those. Uh, his sinker is obviously faster than his changeup and sliders. Changeup was 84 and a half to 91.2 for his sinker. And then his slider was 82.2. Uh, relatively same release point for all of these, which is what you like to see. Now his distribution around the strike zone it's so everything that missed the zone either missed up and kind of in on a right-handed batter and then down and in and away so it made this weird shape um 
He threw 35 pitches in the strike zone and 36 outs. Uh, and batters would swing at 30 of his pitches and take 41 of those. Uh, honestly, the distribution of taking and swinging, when you look at the type of pitch, it's kind of even. Uh, like I said, 30 to 41. It, it looks like it's about even as far as what they would take and what they would swing at for him. He ended up throwing 31 balls, uh, 17 strikes. Like I said, 10 called, 7 swinging. Um, as for those, the distribution there, the called strikes, he had two which were sliders, one change up, and then the rest were sinkers, and then his swing, uh, one change up, four sliders, and two sinkers. Uh, 23 of his pitches were contacted with 10 fouls, six hitouts of those six, four were sliders, one sinker, one changeup, and the seven base hits he gave up, uh, four sliders, two sinkers, and a changeup. He had only five hard hits, and those were two ground balls, two line drives, and a fly ball. Uh, the other eight were not hit hard, and that was two ground balls, four line drives, a fly, and a pop-up. Uh, for the hard hits, it was three sinkers and two sliders. So, honestly, a good day for Wood. Uh, I was I was pretty pleased to see what we ended up with for him. Um, it kind of sucks that even though he did give up the three runs, they were unearned because of how they got on base in the first place and then technically responsible for the one runner that got across off of one of Junis's pitches. <laughs> uh, I've always kind of laughed at that where even though you're the one responsible for the, for the, the runner, another guy could potentially mess up a pitch and he scores. So I always found that kind of funny and interesting. Junis would come in and throw 69 pitches uh, he had a very good outing in relief. Uh, 43 sliders, 23 sinkers, and three change-ups. And pretty good speed distribution, really. His change-up averaged 87. Uh, and then his sinkers averaged 93. And his sliders averaged 83.9, so about 84. Uh, also pretty similar release point for his, almost six feet for his release point. And as far as the spray chart, looking at the strike zone, they were all kind of starting up and away from a right-handed batter and then going down and in. Um, he threw 30 pitches in the strike zone, uh, threw 39 out of the strike zone. Uh, batters would swing at 31 of his pitches uh, and third take 38. And honestly, again, this is one of those distributions where they kind of swung or took evenly with regard to what type of pitch he threw. Um, and honestly, for the ones that they swung at, uh, not all of them that they swung at were in the strike zone. And it follows his normal pattern uh, from his regular spray chart from all his pitches. Uh, he threw 25 balls. He got 13 called strikes and nine swinging strikes, like I said. Uh, all of these strikes, not a single one of them was a changeup. Two of his changeups were balls, and looks like one of them was uh, a hit out. 
and then he got 12 foul balls and two base hits. Uh, only three hard hits. One of them was a sinker for a line drive, a slider for a fly ball, and a slider for a ground ball. The non-hard uh, contact hits. I uh, got four ground balls on three sliders and a changeup, one line drive on a slider, and two fly balls on a sinker and a slider. So, like I said, he ended up having a, a really good line himself. Um, he got credited with the win, so now he's technically two and oh. So good job to Junis coming in and making sure we can close that game out real well. And then John Brevia would come in and throw 15 pitches. Uh, he would throw six four seamers and nine sliders. His four seamers are up around 95, sliders below 85. 94 and a hat, 94.7 for his four seamers, 83.3 for his sliders. Uh, all from a similar release point, almost right around six feet. Uh, and his distribution way up and out uh, to way down and in versus a right-handed batter. Um, six of his pitches were in the zone versus nine outside of the zone. Uh, batters would swing at six, and they were not all six in the zone. Uh of the six swings that he got, five of them were on a sliders, and one of them was on a four-seam fastball, and they took nine of the uh, other pitches that he threw. He threw six balls, got three called strikes, four swinging strikes, one foul ball, and then the one hit out. And only one hard hit, it was a line drive on a slider. So good on Brebby to come in and pitch that one inning and get two strikeouts and then the line drive out. As for our ump behind home plate, a guy named John Libka. And he was rated at 96% overall accurate, called in 193 of 202 taken pitches correctly. Uh, overall consistency, 95%, six called balls inside the expected zone, or excuse me, estimated zone, and four called strikes outside the estimated zone. Uh, overall favor, you guessed it. It was in favor of the White Sox, but only for about plus 0.8 runs. So his impactful missed calls, top of the fifth, Linda Conforto, no outs, base is empty, a 3-2 count, and a ball is called a strike. Top of the seventh, Santos to Johnson, one out, runner on first, 1-1 one, one count, Ball is called a strike. Top of the ninth, Alberto to Conforto. One out, runners on first and second. Zero, zero count, strike. It's called a ball. So his called ball accuracy was 97%. He called four out of 139 called balls for two strikes. And his called strike accuracy, 92%. Five of 63 called strikes were true balls. So... Like I said, the, the ump reports are very interesting to look at, especially when you think about the way that we would win a couple of these games and how the favors have been working. It's, it's really odd to think about how technically when you look at his calls, he was favoring one team, but the other team won. Um, 
so that that's kind of why I really wanted to bring those in and look at those is so that on the games that we lose, we really can't say, oh, it was bad officiating, maybe on one or two calls, but not the impactful ones. Um, so I definitely want to make sure that when we do lose games, it is because of our performance and not necessarily bad calls, but sometimes it is going to be because of bad calls. So with this series, that brings our overall record to three and three. Uh, the series and overall road trip was quite a roller coaster to start the season. Uh, our ace was hurt by the long ball in the opener and then just torn apart by the short ball in his next start. Four earned runs on both games, averaging eight strikeouts per game, 12 in the first one, four in the second one. And you, you, you just hope that he makes those adjustments, like I said before. Uh, and then our offense has lived and died by the long ball, and we struck out at an alarming rate which is really to be expected when you have an, a whole lineup that's just swinging for the fences. Um, Wade Jr. is really the one that's drawn most of the walks and has gotten a huge on-base percentage bump. Um, but it's, it's been feast or famine, especially with this White Sox series. We'll see how long this really lasts and what happens to really get us on a good, steady uh, production uh, as far as these six games, though, the lineup has hit 15 home runs and 72 strikeouts over 217 at-bats. That's 33% of the times we have at-bats we're striking out. We've also scored 38 runs on 57 hits and one by blowout twice. So, honestly, when you think about statistics and you think about how eventually things even out. You got to wonder how this is going to end up starting to even out. Hopefully we won't just go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Cause while the highs are really high, the lows are just bummed out and no giants fan is hoping for a 500 season. Again, we definitely want to be over 500. We want to get into that wild card. If not win the, the NL West, which let's be honest, it's going to be hard to win the West when you look at the Dodgers and the Padres, even though, yes, it's early and the Padres are kind of struggling a little bit they're still the Padres. They still have a good lineup. And the Dodgers are the Dodgers. They won 111 last year. They won 106 the year before. So it's a tough division. I personally am just hoping that we do make it to October. So we'll see what happens. Once again, I want to thank you all for listening. I truly appreciate it. If you have any comments, pointers, tips, corrections, whatever, just feel free to reach out to me. Let me know. Comment find a way to message me anything. I truly appreciate any and all feedback that I get. I'm trying to learn as much as I can while I do this. I'm making adjustments with each episode, whether it be the camera angle, whether it be uh, how I go through the show, how I write up what I'm going to say. So I'm really looking forward to doing this for the whole season. And I want to put the best product out for you. Uh, a lot of the credit today goes, uh, I got a lot of the stats from ESPN and uh, baseball reference. Baseball Savant had that really great, uh, picture report that you can look at that shows you pitch types, distributions, speeds, uh, and then of course, umpscorecards.com run by a bunch of college students. Uh, that's a really cool thing to even be able to look at. So go out, go look at these different things. And if you can, like I said, try and support each and every one of them because they help make sure that we can all get all the information we want to about our favorite game about baseball and really understand it even more as we keep learning it ourselves and as we go on and end up loving the game for the rest of our lives. So like I said, my name is Henry Self, and I will see you 
after the home opener against the Kansas City Royals. Peace.